Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, stagnancy, ignorance. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady and your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Ephesians 4.22-24 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And so the right to the power to put off our former way of life so we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. And we, for a sufficient amount of time, are standing upon this theme, studying this theme, but our bodies are not yet clothed into the new man. There's a long stage of preparation, time of preparation. It's not given freely. It's necessary to produce fruit. Where we are, what we confess, what we believe, and how the Lord perceives it within the span of time. The many things that we confess in faith, that we thank God for, we receive in the form. It's necessary to receive in the form of fruit. You would think we can move on to something else, but the Lord is not in a hurry, and the reason is so that we can produce fruit. We can grow the fruit of life and resurrection, so that we not just have the foundation of 12 stones, but upon these foundations uh, was also the wall that would have the 12 pearly gates, that we enter then to receive access to the tree of life that produces 12 fruits, and these 12 fruits are those promises and that destiny that is within the blood of Jesus Christ. In the blood that we received and were washed in and confessed and testified within the baptism of water. Everything we received in the baptism of water, all of this we can receive entering through the narrow gates and approaching the tree of life and growing the tree of life within ourselves. And so to fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, 
We need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the, format of the fruit of righteousness. Put off, be renewed, and put on. Again, Apostle Paul reminds us that we, being clothed, not end up naked. And you may ask, how is this possible? This is a person and the Lord sees him as naked. And this happens when we, living in this world, are under a, this burden, want to cast, cast off the old man but also really want to put on the new man. And we want this death to be swallowed up by by life. <clears throat> and so this to happen, we need to put off our former way of life, cast him off so that we can renew our mind. And only after that, we can clothe ourselves into our new person. And when we're clothed into our new person, and so if this clothing uh, is followed by casting off of our old clothing when we put on this resurrection then the Lord will not see us as naked but if we have not cast off we have not died for our nation the house of our father and our corrupt desires we like the promise then what will happen will happen what happened with Achan if you remember and the results of of him a person who loved the promise wanted to be clothed but first he did not cast off he did not separate he didn't he did not part from his old man and he did not renew his mind and so we have been studying <clears throat> the allegory contained in the 18th psalm of david where we know and confess the power that is contained in the heart of david consisting of the eight names of god allowing david to love and call upon the lord who is worthy to be praised and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David. And here is Psalm 17 or Psalm 18, 1 through 4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I have been saved from my enemies. And so let us together with David confess these eight wonderful names of God. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these confessions. May He make us worthy of these names and may He establish them within our heart. After we magnify the Word of God within our heart, we then clothe ourselves into the power of the name of God's strength and after that weigh ourselves upon the scales of righteousness and cleanse ourselves from the filth of the flesh and spirit with the abilities contained in the lot of the name of God rock, we then receive have the power to the right in Jesus Christ to the lot contained in his name fortress so that we can approach God and so the name of God fortress Lord you are my fortress 
the name of God fortress used in the given prayer psalm as an inherited lot of the Son of God in whom and by whom a person can approach God so that he can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven containing the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God fortress is identified in scripture as God's habitation, God's house, God's sanctuary, unapproachable light in which God dwells, the place where man gets to know God, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven upon this place, the atmosphere of the success of God and joy of God, the hope of God and trust of God. And so, this is what is linked to the name of God, Fortress, and reading these identifications, we can see how much we partake to this name. Practically, the Fortress of God is a specific place where God abides within the boundaries of which we are called to know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the Kingdom of Heaven. And so you'll see, I know this place, it's in the U.S. in Oregon, in Portland. Oh, this is a partial truth, yes. This does not give us the right to approach God as our fortress. And this place is situated in three unique realms. This is first, for us, the heights of the heavens. Second, in the sanctuary, which is identified as the body of Christ, and the chosen by God remnant. And also, third, the heart of man who has a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles before the preached word of God spoken by a person who is clothed into the power of fatherhood and also spoken by the helpers of this person. Three unique realms that allow us to approach God. You see how unique everything is with God. Everything is in the form of three. <clears throat> he gave us three uh, great acts that we need to perform to put off, be renewed and put on. He gave us three unique realms, the heavens, the church and our contrite and humble heart. He gave us the three baptisms, three covenants, three wills. It all speaks of one. <laughs> Therefore, the verb run to or approach God as our fortress contains the opportunities giving man the ability to be fertilized with the seeds of promise belonging to the door of our hope, in the fruit of which God receives the legitimate ability to join the battle for our body so that he can destroy the stronghold of death within our body. And, of course, you want to speak to these people who say, well, what, what's the difference what church you attend? Every time you come to church, you receive a seed. And what kind of seed will this, what kind of fruit will this seed pr produce? You want the type of fruit that will allow God to join the battle for our earthly body, to adopt our body, to destroy absolutely the stronghold of death that is represented in the old man, in our unrenewed mind, the stronghold of hell and Satan in, uh, in ourselves. And so we need to have a specific form of fruit because God will do this. He won't do this independently of us. He'll do this together with us. And he will use the fruit that was grown within our spirit. And so the question is, how do I grow this fruit? We need to hear the word. The word that speaks 
of what we need to receive so that at the door of our hope God can perform this wonderful act so that death can be swallowed up by by life and so in what churches would you hear this truth how beautifully our our pastor has written in the fruit of our spirit God will then receive the ability the right to join the battle for our body we need to grow this fruit so that God can using this fruit he can perform this victory and forever thrust the old man from out of our body with noise by the armor trust and foundation known as the stronghold of death and so the old man is very interested in our unrenewed mind he's very interested in our intellect especially when a person or a mind of a man relies upon our the, our old man and when he re, he loses and we renew our mind with the spirit of our mind we pretty much uh, force him uh, into a situation as you would in the point of checkmate within a chessboard. There's one more step to take and something will have to give. The devil will not offer anything. He will give the old man away. He just needs the old man to kill us. It's a program. And we need to how to bring him to a position the devil where he's checkmated he has one more step step to take and when we have renewed our mind we first receive the word into our heart we renewed our mind with it and we begin confessing it and when we confess it with our gentle mouth our meek mouth we in this way force him into a corner in Hebrew, the phrase to run to or to approach God means to approach the altar, commence to know God, enter the sanctuary of God, get closer to God, resort to God's help, find yourself in the fortress of God, be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, and grow fruit for God. Therefore, every time God, by the means of the Holy Spirit, allows man to run to or to approach him, then as a result of such contact with God, contact with God we will always have a corresponding fruit in that area in which we approach God. God will never allow us to know Him. It's talking about the kind of knowing as a married couple will have together, that kind of intimacy, that kind of contact, closeness. And so we need to become one, unite with the Word. And, and to be able to unite with the Word, you need to first love the Word. And when you have united with the word, God will allow then you to approach him. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God in one area of our life does not in any way mean that it is automatically guaranteed to be present in another uh, area of our life within the given name. If the Lord has saved our spirit, then we still need to expand this salvation to our soul and body first to the soul and then to our body that is sick and aging. Since according to the statements of Scripture for the presence of the fortress of God, every individual area of our life needs to be brought to proper condition where the power of God would be able to reproduce the fruit of the fortress in this area in the form of our salvation. Therefore, it is specifically us in every individual area of our essence who are responsible for creating such an atmosphere which would be able to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress. And such an atmosphere 
called to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress, is the good soil of our heart, able to receive the seed of the Word of God and grow fruit corresponding to the nature of the seed that we have received. And so it is necessary to not just create this atmosphere so we can receive the seed, but we need to also then grow the seed. And there needs to be a proper temperature, the heat, the sun, it needs to be watered. And this means what we need to listen to the helpers of pastor, go to cell groups. We come to church. We come on Friday or Sunday. We we receive this word. We prepare our heart. It's very important, the very first step. But it will die after a few days. You need to now create an atmosphere so you can be. It can be watered. The pastor plants. The helpers of the pastor water. And so we need to not forsake any form of service, understanding that we need to receive the seed and grow the fruit of this seed. This is a very important service, pastors of the helpers of the pastor, uh, also uh, leaders of cell groups, and such leaders and helpers, if they are are one with him in, in spirit, then they will share one reward together with the apostle, and also those saints who, with great fear, trembling, heard the word, listened to the word, and they also, with such reverence and respect, studied the word. And so they also, uh, if they were, if your person is ill or in some kind of situation that didn't allow him or doesn't allow him to uh, attend certain things or certain places, then he at home is prepares himself appropriately so he can hear the word of God. He's clean uh, and appropriately, re- with respect and reverence, uh, treats the word. And so sometimes people say that uh, they listen to the word or they're attending the service, uh, watching it on television, but they're also doing other things, uh, cooking and other things like that, being distracted with that. And it's not, and that's not something that we should be doing. Uh, We should be absolutely focused and attentive to what the church or uh, sermon is is telling us. And this is not to cast shadows or condemn anyone. These are just things that are good. And so for this purpose, just as we studied the previous names of God called to be individual lots of our salvation, we need to study the following series of questions. What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God fortress? What purpose is our inherited lot contained in the name of God fortress called to fulfill in realizing our salvation? What price is required to be paid so that we can give God the ability to be our fortress? And by what results do we determine that God is truly our fortress in realizing our calling? In a particular format, we already studied the essence of the first two questions and we'll be studying question three. What price do we need to pay so that our heart can become a fortress of God, which will then give God the legitimate ability to be our fortress? 
And so we have been studying, we already studied three of the prices, components of the price, and the first is, first component of the price for the right to approach God is providing God a fruit of righteousness consisting in the name Meher Shalal Hashbaz. Second component of the price for the right to approach God consists in fulfilling the condition, making our heart a fortress for the Holy Spirit, which provides the Lord Jesus the ability to seat us upon his throne, called to become our fortress. And here the pastor has shown that he stands at the door and knocks. And this knock is his voice, the voice of his messengers, and those who hear this voice, his this knock, and will open his heart. Then the Lord says, I will come and I will dine with him. I will give him such revelations that will give him and clothe him into upright joy. And then such a person, uh, he says, I will give him the ability to be seated with me upon my throne. And so you ask, are we going to be seated seated on the throne or sitting on the throne? And so Jesus overcame and we overcame uh, and so we will be all in the Father because Jesus is in the Father and we are in Jesus Christ. So we will also be in the Father. And so sometimes when you drive, you see the most beautiful rainbow and you think, how can you reach it? How can you, those beautiful colors, how can you at least get close to it? Or even just get into this rainbow. In heaven, we will be able to do this we'll be able to enter into this rainbow and every uh, cell of our body will be rejoicing with this unearthly joy. We will enter into God the Father, into His atmosphere, into His presence. Third component of the price for the right to approach God is refusing to consume alcoholic beverages. The priests, when they would enter, walk into the presence of God, they were forbidden from drinking, consuming any alcoholic beverages, and we are priests 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and 365 uh, days a year, with the, of course, leap year. Fourth component of the price for the right to approach God is having a covering on your head. And here we will look at it a little bit closer. As you will see, Pastor Arkady shows us in what way the priests uh, came into God's presence in the temple in what way did they approach him and so this fourth component it's the necessity to have a covering on your head Leviticus 10:6. and Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar his sons do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes lest you die and wrath come upon all the people but let your brethren the whole house of Israel Bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. We have more than once stated that according to Scripture by itself, a covering that covers the head is always a sign of acknowledging the delegated authority of God over ourselves. And such acknowledgement of the authority of, of God over ourselves is perceived by God as a presence of His glory and His beauty upon man. Exodus 28.40 For Aaron's sons you shall make tunics, and you shall make sashes for them, and you shall make hats for them for glory and beauty. Looking at all of this, we conclude that the prayer of a person who does not acknowledge the delegated authority of God over himself, yet attempting to approach God, will his prayer will be blocked by God. Since practically, specifically, 
acknowledging the delegated authority of God over ourselves given as, gives us the ability to live in the secret place of the Most High and cover and allows us to cover under, under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. <laughs> to live in the secret place of the Most High and have a covering over our head in the realm of the New Covenant means abide in Christ or be hidden in God. And so what does it mean to abide in Christ? Abide in Christ, that's to be under His covering, under His shadow. This means having a covering on your head. And they are all inter, interlinked, inter, intertwined. And to prompt us to apprehend the, ne- the necessity consisted in the condition to have a covering upon our head so we can approach God, we will remember some moments in Scripture which will testify of what we will have when we abide in Christ. What we will have when we abide in Christ. Abiding in Christ is possible when we have a covering upon our head which allows us to live in the secret secret place of the Almighty and under the shadow of His wings under God's delegated authority this allows us to be in Christ let us look at 10 components of abiding in Christ or the results of us abiding in Christ what will the results of this be and we can determine whether we have this covering or or whether we do not first abiding in Christ we will be delivered from all condemnation coming from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 1, 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Everything we'll talk about who are in Christ Jesus inside of Him. People who have a covering, they have no condemnation because they are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there's no condemnation. Why is there no condemnation? Because these people wash themselves in the bronze sea, or the sea of bronze. These are people who judge themselves. And the scriptures say if we would have judged ourselves, we would not be judged. But being judged... We're chastened by the Lord, so we not be may not be condemned with the world. And so the first component of abiding in Christ is we will not be condemned because we are in Jesus Christ. And being in Jesus Christ is determined by our ability to be to bathe in the sea of bronze. And so speaking of the sea of bronze. This will be the fifth uh, price that we will be studying also today. We're studying right now the fourth, is, which is the covering upon our head. The fifth will be our ability to approach God so we can, be, we can, we can bathe in the sea of bronze. And so we having the covering, we are in Jesus Christ. There will not be any condemnation. Why? Because we judge ourselves according to the word that we hear. And this is possible when we have a covering. And so, when we look at these things, when what does it mean to be abide in Christ? We will, did, we will ask ourselves the question, is my head covered as a priest who is a sign of glory and beauty? Abiding in Christ, we will be possessors of wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. 1 Corinthians 1.30 and 31. 
But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. That it, that it be as written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And so we will glory in the Lord who has become for us this wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. These are the four things that religion stumbles upon today. Many of the disciples of Christ left him, who, saying, who can hear this? Who can listen to this? And the twelve that remained, he asked them also, do you not want to also leave? They said, no, because you have the words of eternal life. The others did stumble upon his wisdom. They don't just stumble upon wisdom. They stumble upon righteousness, sanctification, redemption. It turns out you don't need to earn your your uh, redemption and salvation uh, by fasting and praying and doing other uh, works. And so it goes a step further, of course, that it's uh, given freely, but there's then the re- requirement as it's given freely, you then, because you receive in the form of a seed, you then need to grow it and you need righteousness for that. And how do you do the works of righteousness? You need to sanctify yourself. And so the Lord, the Father, has become for us this wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. These are four bones that religion can't swallow. Third, abiding in Christ. We are examining whether I have a covering upon my head. Am I under God's covering? I will be in Christ. Abiding in Christ, we become carriers of such a resurrection that will resurrect our bodies at the coming of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 22-23 For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one on his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are in Christ at his coming. Resurrection has its own order, and what is this order? It's not that Christ is first and we're second. For us to be second, we need to first cast off the old man, renew our mind with the spirit of our mind, and put on the new man, created in accordance to God and to righteousness and holiness. <clears throat> this is what Pastor Arkady talks about, the order of resurrection. The order of resurrection is not just first or second. The order of resurrection is when, before he will be rapturing his saints, he will first glorify himself in his saints and will become visible in the day to come and those who believe in him he will first be glorified in his saints he will establish his life and resurrection in them and then he will rapture them because to bring the heavenly queen to the father the holy spirit will bring this this uh, woman his uh, to to the to the son so he could show this heavenly queen to all of heaven and with her he will then come back to the earth and rule for a thousand years and so this heavenly queen needs to be according to proper order fourth abiding in christ we will be established and anointed by god to receive our destiny consisting in his promises Second Corinthians 1 20 21 for all of the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us through the Apostles now he who establishes us with you in Christ 
and has anointed us is God. <clears throat> of course, all of these promises in Him, yes, and in Him, amen, is only possible in the person or for the person who is under, uh, who is in the secret place of the Almighty and under the shadow of His wings. Because all of the promises that are in Jesus Christ are yes and an amen are through the apostles. And when we acknowledge the apostles or the person who sent into our life, then all of the promises are yes and amen. Every word the apostle says, and he says, let it be, and you say amen. You say let it be, and it is then, it will then be performed for you. Maybe according to your word. It's very important because all of the promises without these words, yes and amen, will not work in our lives. We need a person, after he says, let it be in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord will say, amen. How many are people today self-call themselves, place themselves, and he blesses people, this, this individual, but it means nothing. It's meaningless. <clears throat> Only the messengers that he sends and and the one he gave the Holy Spirit to and breathed on, he says, now you will represent me as I represented the Heavenly Father, you will represent me. All the promises in him are yes and in him, amen. Fifth, abiding in Christ, we will be independent of religion, nationality, social status, and gender. <clears throat> For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All sons, men and women, <clears throat> girls and boys, are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, not a Russian or Ukrainian, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3, 26 through 29. <clears throat> this is the daughter of Zion. This is how she needs to be. Sixth, abiding in Christ, we will possess faith that works through love. Here's the atmosphere as to whether, and it helps us determine whether we have this covering on our head. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Galatians 5, 6. <clears throat> and people who have not received this love, this truth, then they will not have salvation because and you receive the the word of truth for your salvation it's not referring to a love that is tolerant it's talking about a love for the truth they did not receive love for the truth for their salvation but we received love for the truth for our salvation and so did it to determine whether a person is saved <clears throat> how much he works with God collaborates with God and establishes his salvation you can see quickly whether a person loves the truth in in a discussion with him does a person come to the church he attends because he has friends there relatives or does he come to the service because there's a there's a truth being spoken there and he has paid the price of dying for all of these these things
And so maybe uh, you won't find relatives or friends that are, or companions of yours maybe that you would uh, prefer to have around you, but you are paying the appropriate price so that you have the truth. And ha- and this indicates the fact that you have a covering upon your head. You are then in the secret place of the Almighty and under the shadow of His wings. Seventh, abiding in Christ, we will suffer persecution for our godly way of living. Second Timothy 3.12, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. When people hear the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in, uh, that came in the flesh, <clears throat> a person will be persecuted for this teaching. When the anointed of God will be preaching the truth, and so people uh, who preach this uh, this godliness and live this way a godly life, uh, they will be persecuted. Be- they preach that God has came in the flesh. He came in the flesh through His teaching. Eighth, abiding in Christ, we will be able to overcome all barriers when achieving our purpose in God. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all th- this all things that it's referring to needs to be in Jesus Christ, not just anything, but what is in Jesus Christ. And so when you say, Lord, I can do all things through Jesus, this is that God, what God has allowed in His Word, which He has delivered to you. Ninth, abiding in Christ. We're talking about how to abide in Christ. How do you determine whether we are in the temple of God? You can only come in with a covering, covered head, one who acknowledges God's order within the church. Abiding in Christ, we will possess peace, which surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, 7, <clears throat> And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so what peace is it referring to here? That we not care for anything but with prayer and supplication, make our requests be known before Him. We, It's not that we don't have responsibilities or cares. I've met people that have a lot of responsibility, a lot of weight is upon them. <clears throat> there are large sums of money that are constantly turning within their their atmosphere, within their within their lives. And so... But they have not turned their business into these cares. You need to allow God to do His part, and we will fulfill our part and our responsibility so that we can preserve this atmosphere of peace. As soon as we lose lose this peace, then that means that either the husband, wife, or, or, or son, they begin caring. They do what they are not supposed to be doing. The wife begins to fulfill the function of the husband, the husband, the wife, children, the parents, and the, and so we need, we can have responsibility, but not cares. Tenth, abiding in Christ, we will possess the guarantee that we will be raptured before the morning star. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that who that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead of Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. 1 Timothy 4.15-18 And so this is speaking of the those who died in Christ, and then afterwards those who are alive at the coming of the Lord Jesus. And we've heard of this more than once. Pastor uh, preached at uh, the funerals that blessed is, uh, is the person who dies in the Lord. So we need to be dead. Blessed are the uh, dead who die in the Lord. A person died for his nation, the house of his father, his corrupt desires. He dies for these things. He dies in the Lord for these things. And we alive if we remain. But the difference between the, us and them is that we are alive. But we die are those who in the dying of the Lord. But they have died and dying in the dying of the Lord. And so we have what to die for. And so we are, if we are alive and we die in the Lord, that's we die for our nation, the house of our father, corrupt desires, then we together with the dead that also died in the death of the Lord Jesus will be raptured. And so these were the 10 elements that speak of us abiding in Christ and the results of that. And abiding in Christ is something that one who abides in, in the secret place of the Lord can can do and be. And so this is a person who acknowledges the delegated authority of God. This is a person who abides in Christ. Now we turn to the fifth component of the price for the right to approach God, and it consists in washing your body with water. It's also uh, being spoken to the priests, or this is regarding the priests. And so... It speaks, uh, when we're talking about the fortress of God, this is something that only priests can be in. When we saw the thunder, lightning, and noise, the people said to Moses, you speak to, you only you speak uh, to God, because they said even if a small animal tries to pass by, he will be it appears he will be destroyed. So they became afraid, and only Moses then uh, stayed within the presence of God within. And so what did he experience? Uh, 40 days, 40 nights, he didn't eat or drink. He did not experience any any uh, suffering. He experienced bliss. And he forgot that he did not eat for 40 days. Imagine how what you need to show a person, how much you have to entice a person to be able to uh, to to be able to forget all that, but for us, we start hearing noises, rumbling of the stomach, and we're already worrying. Exodus thirty twenty. When they go into the tabernacle of meeting. The priests, or when they come near the altar to minister to burn an offering, <clears throat> an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water, lest they die. <clears throat> and so, what do we note here? <clears throat> to 
enter into the tabernacle of meeting, it's necessary to wash yourself. <clears throat> it's referring to the priests of the Lord who daily for 30 years, being instructed in faith, were preparing themselves by completely sanctifying themselves in accordance with the demands consisted in the mouth of the Lord for the purpose of completing completing a total form of dedication to God so that they can enter into the holy place of the temple, of the temple, the tabernacle of meeting, and approach God so that they can serve God. So 30 years they had to uh, prepare themselves. This is not some kind of falsified encounter or, or classes that people take. Uh, seven days they, they attend a class and they already send this person to evangelize somewhere. This is not how it works with God. 30 days the priests, for 30 years, uh, the pri priests would prepare themselves uh, for the service. And although these people were chosen from the crowd of the nation of, the, of Israel, and in a specific way were prepared and dedicated with a special anointing to serve God, every time they needed to come into the holy place of the temple to serve God, they were required to wash their bodies with pure water. <clears throat> for this purpose, and we talk about the kind of anointing that they had, And so it's not that they would try to conceal uh, not bathing themselves with some kind of oils. I'll just sing my way th through it, or I will fast my way through it, trying to cover up the foul odors that are underneath. For this purpose, Solomon, according to a revelation given by God to his father David, cast a sea of bronze and placed it in the outer yard of the temple before entering the temple. And so it was <clears throat> at the entrance so that you can wash yourself and then enter into the temple. Gibbonites, the inhabitants of the Canaanite land, voluntarily giving themselves into slavery to the Israelites, were dedicated by Joshua to be eternal servants of the house of the Lord, to chop wood for the altar of the Lord and carry water for the bronze sea and also the ten baths to wash the sacrifices or offerings that they would bring. So it wasn't just the large uh, bronze sea, but there were also 10 uh, baths that were there as well. And so it turns out that we not just have a uh, sea of bronze, but also these uh, 10 baths, and so they work in us as well we begin to meditate about the things that we hear, not just anything that comes to our mind. Let's not forget that it's not just the bronze sea. There were ten baths. The bronze sea, I dedicate myself, I sanctify myself. The ten baths, when I bring an offering of praise to God, then every word needs to be washed or examined. If I said something wrong, I take these words back. Absolutely. This means that there are ten baths there's the large bronze sea that the priests uh, were washed in and the small baths were where the offerings themselves were being cleaned or washed. And so for the priests to be able to enter the sanctuary, they needed to every time uh, take off what they were wearing and wash themselves <clears throat> and put on the holy, holy garments, the garments of the priest. <clears throat> and these were made of linen and there was an outer coat that they would put on, outer robe, And if the Gimenites were dedicated 
to chop wood and bring water for the sea to be able to construct the bronze sea Solomon uh, being inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, appointed a certain person <clears throat> with the ability to be able to create this uh, sea of bronze this was Hiram from Tyre this is not Hiram uh, uh, the king of Tyre but Hiram uh, who lived he was a citizen of Tyre for example we have the name Vladimir it could be a president and also could be uh, a regular other uh, citizen who, who has a similar name or a close name um, in this situation there was Hiram from Tyre <clears throat> first Kings 7 13 through 24 now King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre Hiram Hiram the king of Tyre sent the king his ambassadors and the wood also his workers so that the king can build a temple for God but here we see King Solomon uh, taking from Tyre Hiram <clears throat> the son of a widow from the tribe of Naphtali his mother was a Jew and his father was a man of Tyre a bronze worker he was and so he was a, a half, uh, he was half Jew, half uh, a, a, a member or citizen of Tyre. He was filled with the wisdom and understanding and skill in working with all kinds of bronze work. So he came to King Solomon and did all his work. And he cast two pillars of bronze, each one 18 cubits high and a line of 12 cubits measuring the circum circumference of each. Then he made two capitals of cast bronze. He set the top of the pillars, the heights of one capital was five cubits, and the height of the other capital was five cubits. And he made the sea of cast bronze, ten cubits from one brim to the other. It was completely round, its height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits measuring its circumference. Below its brim were ornamental buds, encircling it all around, ten to a cubit, and they were around the sea. The ornamental buds were cast in two rows when it was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, th three looking toward the north, three looking toward the west, three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. The sea was set upon them, and all their back parts pointed inward. And so to inherit this uh, inherited lot that is contained in his name fortress, it's necessary that not just our heart, but our soul and body become a fortress for the Lord. And one of the components, conditions, is washing your body in the sea of bronze with pure water. And relevant to this, it was necessary for us to answer a series of questions. First, what in our three-dimensional essence is the sea of bronze? Second, what in our three-dimensional essence is Haram called to make the bronze sea? Third, what is the pure water in our essence that fills the sea of bronze? And fourth, who within our three-dimensional essence are the Gibbonites who carried water for this sea of bronze? And so first question, what in our essence is the sea of bronze in the water of which we can wash our body so that we can have the legitimate ability in Christ Jesus to approach God? 
the material from which the Bronze Sea was built symbolize such a form of judgment or justice where a person has the ability to judge himself. This is bronze in accordance to the demands of the given law of God. In other words, judge yourself according to scripture. <clears throat> if the heart of a person will not be uh, built into a bronze sea, the waters of the of his judgment cannot be the righteousness of God. But let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Amos 5.24 <clears throat> And so a person, again, who has built himself into a bronze sea is able to do this and who, ha- who has the waters of justice. Let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Building your heart into a bronze sea turns the waters of our judgment into confessions of our hope upon the word of God, this strong stream that flows to eternity. Therefore, the symbol of the sea of bronze with the pure water is a symbol of our conscience cleansed from dead works, sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ that has the imprinted and elementary teaching of Christ, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit in the form of this pure water. And so, if someone asks you, what is the bronze sea within your essence with this pure water? This is a symbol of our conscience that is cleansed from dead works. But it doesn't end there. The elementary teaching of Jesus Christ needs to be imprinted upon it, and there needs to be a large capacity of water. And so 2,000 bats of water is a very large large amount, not 3,000 or 1,000, but 2,000. The elementary teaching of Christ and the Holy Spirit who reveals the, tr- uh, the, the meaning of this word. All of this needs to fit in this bronze sea in our conscience that is cleansed from dead works. There the Lord places his teaching and builds our conscience as a bronze sea and our conscience then can judge us according to scripture. Often people will come to me and I see that they're suffering and it's not according to scripture. You need to build your your conscience into a bronze sea so that it can judge you accurately. There are things you don't uh, need to be, they're not, there are things that you sometimes don't need to be repenting for, asking forgiveness for. If a person is, for example, uh, condemning the church and speaking evil of, of the members of a church or a church itself, uh, he needs to sometimes be uh, forbidden or told to stop. And so there could be uh, wonderful and great things and seem very beautiful, attractive and good, but if they're not inspired by God, the Lord calls it a great evil. And so every time when we approach God with our conscience that is cleansed from dead works, being sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ, with them printed upon it, teaching of of Jesus Christ, elementary teaching of Christ, this gives us the ability to cleanse our motives and our words, our prayer words, from all foreign inclusions of the flesh. Second question, who in our three-dimensional essence is Haram, called to construct our heart into a bronze sea, which by the means of a good conscience is able to lead the ship of our faith into the fortress of God. Haram's father, who had already died, was Phoenician, a citizen of Tyre, 
who came from Japheth, the son of Noah. Therefore, Huram, who created the sea of bronze, is is introduced as the son of a nameless widow from the tribe of Naphtali, whose husband died. We know that in Hebrew, the name Naphtali or Naphtali means wrestler. And so we know that this widow, his mother, was a, a Jewish woman, and his father was Phoenician, the citizen of Tyre. And he was in death. He was he, he had died and and this widow had a son, Haram, and called him with a name very in the very much in the likeness of the king, a noble name. <clears throat> and so as we noted again that Naphtali means wrestler, Genesis thirty seven and seven through eight. And Rachel's made Bila conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed, so she called his name Naphtali. Practically, the lot of the name Naphtali consists the ability to overcome in prayer the power of the old man living within our body, which we have inherited <clears throat> from the seed of our fathers. When Moses blessed the people of Naphtali, he said that Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessings of the Lord, <clears throat> he possesses the west and the south. And so the Lord gave him the sea and the south as well. His, his son from the tribe, uh, uh, from this widow's son, that is from the line of Naphtali, mm. Haram and Moses had blessed the entire tribe of Naphtali, and he blessed them with west and south. The Lord saw ahead of time that Haram would come from this line, and he would create this bronze sea, and he blessed Naphtali, and he blessed the woman that came from this tribe and she then be married to this man of Tyre this Phoenician man they bore Haram the widow from the line of Naphtali she is the symbol of the bride of the lamb And she is one who has died for the law, by the law, to live for the one who died and resurrected in the form of her fruit, Haram. Why is she nameless? Because this individual, this widow, this woman who bore Haram, she has a lot of elements in her name. She is the bride of the lamb. She is the symbol of, of one who is an organic member of the body of Christ. And so there are so very many different names. She wasn't necessarily nameless, but they show the scriptures wanted to show that she had so many names that they're uh, scattered all throughout scripture. This was the mother that he had.
Romans 7, 1 through 4. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as, a long, as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another. Haram symbolically represents the seed of the woman <clears throat> who is called to judgment and righteousness and creating this sea of bronze and other of course, uh, baths, the bronze baths that he created in the temple so that he can then strike the head of the snake. And so the seed of the woman is when our soul is in the status of a widow, then we'll have the seed, this haram, who will create this bronze sea and other uh, components of bronze and the ability to judge yourself according to the written word we condemn ourselves incorrectly often you correct yourself and, uh, and sometimes you need to correct yourself and you're actually complimenting yourself this means we don't have haram why why haram so that we can have him work in us, we need to have this widow so that our soul become a widow. The symbol of Haram himself, the artist himself, he's a symbiosis. He is uh, what the unition of what is spiritual and what is of the soul. This is the representation of the the collaboration of the mind of Christ and the form of the widow from the tribe of Naphtali and the mind or the intelligent aspect of our soul in the form of the father of Haram. And so Haram is a unite, uh, a, 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 the unition of the mind of Christ with the reasonable uh, abilities of our soul. In Hebrew, the name Haram means greatly exalted by be by coming from a noble line. The thing is, the city of Tyre, where Haram ha was born, uh, was on a very cliff-like and mountainous type of terrain or place. And so Tyre is a place upon hills or mountains. Tyre, a high cliff or rock or a high mountain towering over other mountains, standing as a head of the surrounding it mountains. In scripture, these kinds of cliffs and mountains, they represent promises, which are our purpose, our destiny, our calling, and the lot of our unsearchable inheritance that is in Jesus Christ, which we are called to inherit in the fruit of our spirit in the resurrection of Christ. And so in this way, specifically by the means of the fruit of our spirit in the form of Haram, who represents within our three-dimensional essence, our soul, we are called to build this bronze sea so that we can possess the ability to judge or to weigh 
ourselves upon the scales of righteousness. And so an interesting fruit, uh, this, this combination of the mind of Christ together with the reasonable abilities of our soul. Again, the mind of Christ collaborating with the reasonable abilities of our soul. These two are required so that we have haram. If there is not a collaborative uh, work being done between the two, haram is born when we have the truth in our heart, the teaching of Christ, which we received in the form of the preached word. We put it into our heart, and so this teaching would come into our mind to renew our mind with the spirit of our mind. This is a very important work where this haram is born. And as soon as he is born, then the Lord will allow this haram in us to create this bronze sea and place the teaching of Christ in it so that we can be, be bathed or bathe ourselves in this bronze sea according to Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, comparing the spiritual word of God with the Holy Spirit. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Spiritual is this this Hiram, yet him, he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so we have Hiram of Tyre. We have the mind of Christ. This is not just the teaching of Christ in the heart. This talking about haram. Haram is, is a collaborative effort. Unite two things that are, it's very difficult to unite. Take the spirit and combine it with the soul. How can you? They're absolutely different. It's possible. If someone will be put to death, and that is the soul. We put the truth into our heart, and then we renew our mind we renew our mind, our soul, our mind, our intellect, it pro goes through the process of death, and we then humble ourselves, our neck, before the Lord. How can you combine your soul with your spirit? Someone needs to become an offering, a sacrifice, and the soul becomes the sacrifice, and we renew our mind with the spirit of our mind. That's our soul with the spirit of our mind, with the truth that's in our heart. To renew our soul, we need to first receive the Word of God into our spirit. Here, the spirit needs to be humbled or humble himself before the Word of God. The humble, a couple, humble and contrite heart, a humble and contrite spirit. Why does he bend his, his neck and humble himself before the Word of God, the preached Word of God, so that he can renew his soul and so that in this collaborative work there be Haram would be born, who would be able to create this bronze sea where there will be 2,000 vats of water, which is the teaching of Jesus Christ, in the waters of which I can wash myself and confess 
my, sal my salvation, establish it. However, to better imagine within our three-dimensional essence the creation, the erection, and the purpose of this bronze sea, we will turn to another place of scripture. And he made the sea of cast bronze, ten cubits from one brim to the other. It was completely round. Its height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits measures its circumference. Below its brim were ornamental buds, encircling it all around, ten to a cubit. All the way around the sea, the ornamental buds were cast in two rows when it was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, three looking toward the west, three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. The sea was set upon them and all their back parts pointed inward it was a handbreadth thick and its brim was shaped like the brim of a cup like a lily blossom it contained two thousand baths first king seven twenty three through twenty six it contained two thousand baths that is the teaching of jesus christ the unison of our spirit and our soul made of bronze and so Let's look at how this bronze sea was built. The width of the sea of bronze at 10 cubits represents in, in the three-dimensional essence of a man God's purity and holiness due to which a person received the legit legitimate ability to approach God and behold the face of God. Hebrews 12:14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The height of the bronze sea of five cubits represents within the three-dimensional essence of a man the order of God where a person was able to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Five cubits having uh, acknowledging the delegated authority of God over ourselves allows us to be in Christ. The, circumfer the circumference of the bronze sea of the 30 cubits within a temple of our body is a symbol indicating the priesthood where a person by the means of absolute sanctification within the span of 30 years uh, received the legitimate ability to, ab to absolute or total dedication. And so when we create our make ourselves into this uh, round, we're talking about also the form of the round, uh, uh, form of the sea of the bronze sea being round talking about the roundness of it within the temple of our body it represents the image of the rule of the word of god with which a person was called to rule over himself just as god being seated above the circle of the earth ruled over it by the means of his word in isaiah 40 22 it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and also talking about the circumference he received again the ab ability to uh absolute sanctification and this took 30 years they needed to achieve their age of 30 years these are people who came into God's presence these priests came into God's presence after they were 30 uh, <clears throat> before they were 30 they couldn't even approach God or serve God in any way and so if, if we are those who approach God then we need these 30 years and these 30 years is the sanctification that allows us to dedicate ourselves the likeness of the ornamental flowers <clears throat> that surrounded the bronze sea, 10 cubits, uh, and they were in two rows. <clears throat> these ornamental flowers, these are a double uh, testimony. 
This is the fact that a person walks before God by the means of the truth abiding within his heart in the form of the Thamim and the Holy Spirit revealing this truth in the heart in the form of the Urim. There were 300 ornamental flowers, 300, and so one cubit, there were 10 ornamental flowers, and the bronze sea was 30 cubits in, in its circumference. If you take 10 cubits, and we have 30, then we have 300 cubits. And so th- we have 300 uh, ornamental flowers. And so let's look at these 300. Genesis 5, 22 through 24. After he begot, Me- begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5.22-24 In the book of Hebrews it's written that before he was taken, he received a testimony that he pleased God. He received a testimony. And it wasn't just a testimony, it was a double test, uh, in, in the, in, it was a twofold testimony. And so two rows that had 300 ornamental flowers which allows us to walk before God in the form of the Thummim and the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in our heart in the form of the Urim. This is these two witnesses or two testimonies. This is not just a dream uh, that someone had about someone else. Pastor talked about how we don't even need to be paying attention to these things. We, we need to look at the teaching and the Holy Spirit who reveals only within the measure of our faith. This is the testimony. The written word and the Holy Spirit who reveals according to the word within and within the measure of our faith. These are these two forms of testimony. And so 300 ornamental flowers, 300 years, Enoch walked after the birth of Methuselah, walked before God. The 12 bronze oxen who faced the four directions of the universe within our body upon which the sea of bronze was placed and which are the foundation of the sea of bronze represents within the body of man the foundation of the throne of God in righteousness and justice in the form of the rod of his mouth confessing the faith of God abiding within his heart. Psalm 89.14 Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. And so these 12 oxen, they represent the foundation of God's throne. Righteousness and justice. The thickness of the sea of bronze, with which is at a bre- uh, hand breadth in thickness, represents within the temple of our body a legitimate priesthood where a person cleanses his his uh, mortal body before the Lord. Leviticus 14, 15 through 18. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. Then the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times for, before the Lord. And of the rest of the oil in his hand, the priest shall put some of the tip of 
some on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, on the blood of the trespass offering. The rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put on the hand on the head of him who is to be cleansed, so the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. The ear, the hand, and the feet, and the rest that remains will be on the head. The scriptures say that uh, keep watch uh, how you come into the house of God and be prepared for hearing the word of God and not for sacrifice. The Lord blesses us for the right work. And so when we come to church, he anoints our ears so we can hear the word of God, our feet, because we have prepared ourselves to receive the word of God, the Lord will give to us, and our hand, because we will have the right actions to hear the word of God and obey it, do and practice what you hear. And so when these three will be anointed, our ear, our hand, and our foot, our right ear, the finger of our right hand, and the toe of the right foot everything that remains then God will uh, put upon my head and Uh, and it turns out that even in the in the year 2012 pastor was already talking about these things and writing these things and so why did I not understand it back then and then we may not have understood it, but today we understand it cleanly and clearly because the Lord reveals according to the measure of our faith, our understanding. There's also the third question, what is the pure water within our three-dimensional essence that fills up the sea of bronze, that water that filled the bronze sea? If we could say shortly, this is our ability to hold fast the confessions of our hope without wavering. Confess the word of God that is within our heart. And who are the Gibbonites within the temple of our body who chop wood and carry pure water for the sea? This is also the unison of our soul. And our soul and our body as slaves of righteousness, members of our body. And we can't have our body, members of our body, be slaves of righteousness if we don't have these Gibbonites. When the soul becomes a servant and agrees to chop wood and to carry water for the bronze sea, only then will we be able to give our bodies as for God's service, for righteous works. Give the members of our body as slaves of righteousness. And we can't do this without the Gibbonites. And so this is the unison of the spirit and soul again. Or when the Lord allows our soul to serve where only priests are able to go. Imagine the Israelites could not enter that place. But the Gibbonites walked in where the priests were. In the places where only the priests were allowed. The Lord wants to save our soul. And this is only when you have this unison, this collaboration. We saw this gentleman, Haram. This is our soul having the status of a widow, which allowed her to renew her mind with the spirit of her mind. And so, it, so it can, she could create this bronze sea. 
and also the Gibbonites, very important, so without whom we will not be able to take control over the five cities that surrounded uh, the Gibbonites. And Joshua had absolute victory over these five kings who did want to destroy the Gibbonites because they made a, a contract, a peace deal, a contract with uh, the Israelite nation. And so the old man does not like when our soul begins to unite with our spirit. And so let us pray right now and we need to renew our mind with the spirit of our mind and thank God for the word that we were able to hear today. May the Lord bless us in our prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the great privilege to be upon this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. We thank you that you upon this place have placed a remembrance for your name. We thank you that you again and again have given us victory here. You have lifted us up and resurrected us. You upon this place have given us the ability to see and have delivered us from from illnesses and allow us to hear your word and we thank you that we have the great privilege that we have the ability to watch our our walk or our path so that you can anoint the the thumb of our right hand and the toe of our right foot and anoint our head we exalt your name your word above all your names we magnify your word above all your names and we thank you Lord for the truth that we have heard we receive the ability in Jesus Christ who has become for us a fortress to approach you and to be humbled and and we learn to tremble before your word so that your word would become the possession of our heart our spirit and we pray that today you receive the power to be seated over the circle of the earth, the truth that we've heard and remember that we confirm today in prayer to make it the virtue of our soul. And for this, our soul, just like our spirit, humbles before your itself before your word. We make the decision today to abide in Jesus Christ and we thank you that in Jesus Christ today you have destroyed all barriers. Not just between the, uh, the servant and the free one but also between the spirit and soul. The barrier you have destroyed and you have allowed us today to renew our soul our mind with the spirit of our mind so that we can today from the position of the conscience cleanse from dead works to magnify your holy name and receive the ability to judge ourselves and judge your great works in accordance to the word that is within our heart, within our bronze sea that has been erected according to your instructions. And we thank you for its width, 
for the ten cubits for your holiness without which no one will see the Lord, you say. We thank you for these five cubits in height. Because of which we allow you to bless the entire essence, our entire essence, our spirit, soul, and body. And that your oil would be able to reach us and be upon our head. We thank you for these two forms of testimony that are not founded upon feelings or visions or dreams, but knowledge and understanding of your word. And you have allowed us today. We place our heart these 2,000 vats of water so that this word would be in our heart and this circle over the circle you can be seated over the circle of the world not just within our our spirit also our soul and our body we want that you be seated over the circle of the earth that you not be just the king of our spirit but also our saved soul and our adopted body we thank you for your life and resurrection we thank you for your godly order in your resurrection that you are the first and you were resurrected first but for the order that you have so that it be legitimate that it become be active allows today to cast off our old man with his deeds free ourselves from our former way of life and get rid of our former way of life and idols that existed in the former way of life so we can serve the only in one God you have allowed us to do this and renew our mind with the spirit of our mind and today by confessing with our gentle mouth the faith of our heart be clothed into the power of your resurrection and be clothed into the order of your resurrection and this order is something you established and we worship before your great order before the order of your church we thank you for the truth that we hear and we thank you for that person whom you reveal this truth to and offer to us and we receive these words together with our pastor Arkadi we pray that your mercy be prompt and shown we thank you for this for, for this him being strong in spirit because you said blessed are those who are strong in spirit and we call upon your mercy today according to your word we ask for this mercy for his body so that he can serve with his spirit in the service of the word to reveal your mysteries the words of Christ the mystery of godliness you said that all who desire to live a godly life will be reproached and will be reproached not just by religion and carnal men but you yourself will put people into a furnace 
fiery furnace so we can come out of this fiery furnace cleansed and we pray for your great mercy that it come to us hastily so we can see him and be comforted with a mutual comfort we thank you for the word that we have heard today that we have submerged into and confess with our mouth and we wait Lord for the revelation of your mysteries and then being spoken by your messenger and we wait for the revelations of the mysteries that lie in his heart but are in mystery and you reveal them only by the measure of our faith we ask that the oil that has been able to be applied upon our ear today that also is upon our hand and foot that be upon our head today as well allow us to understand your truth to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to comprehend the surpassing love of Christ so that we can be filled with all of the fullness of God we thank you Lord for this great mercy our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen let us finish with our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen <laughs>